Kentucky Roll Call Podcast are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Happy holidays from our friends at Cornbread Hemp. This past year has been stressful for everyone, especially now that the holidays are here and finding effective ways to cope may seem impossible. That's why I trust my friends over at Cornbread Hemp, Kentucky's number one rated CBD company with the most THC allowed by law. Leave the holiday stress behind when you share Cornbread Hemp with your loved ones this holiday season. They even have gifts for your parents too. So from now until Christmas, enjoy an extra 30% off your entire purchase when you visit cornbreadhemp.com and enter the promo code BIGX at checkout. Enjoy the entire holiday season with a little help from our friends at Cornbread Hemp, Kentucky's first choice for all things CBD. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cap, just the cat, just cats. Cats, cats, cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Jesus, Rash, get it together! Yeah, it's game day, come on! Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. January 3rd, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call, first episode of the new oh, year. DJ Walker, Nick Roush. And Justin Kalen. And I'd be darned if we didn't miss it yesterday, but a KRC third birthday. We did it. We did it. Uno dos trace. KRC turns three as of yesterday. I uh, believe, what was it, Roush 2018? Our first our first go around. It's, uh, yeah, and that was the last time Kentucky didn't win a bowl game. So Kentucky undefeated in bowl games in the KRC era. That's true. That's true. They've won a lot of football games in the KRC era. They've won a lot of bowl games. And spoiler alert, if you didn't get to see the Citrus Bowl on Saturday, they won another one, folks. They did it. They <laughs> did it, Rouse. They certainly did it. Longest non-conference winning streak in the country. That's another we, we could put on there. Has not lost a non-conference game in the KRC era. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And yes, Kentucky plays a very, very easy out-of-conference schedule. You get generally four cupcake games. But bowl games, you're playing top 25 teams. Yeah, you have twice out of the last four years, I believe. Maybe three out of the three. last four years. NC State was top 25. And uh, you're, you're getting those dubs. So regardless of how easy and just really, really bad teams all throughout the out-of-conference schedule, I'd like to see that change. Roush doesn't. But I will say, I do love having the longest streak in the nation, beating out-of-conference teams. And then regardless of how weak the out-of-conference is, 
you still get those bowl games. And Roush, really, Saturday's bowl game was very similar to all of them. Kentucky comes out of the gate hot, ready to go. There's a few things you wish are a little bit different. You wonder if they could come back to haunt you. They do. And then Kentucky makes a, a late rally to to win in dramatic fashion. And just, again, bowl games aren't meaningless when they can get an entire fan base, an entire team, an entire program feeling this good. Not meaningless, Roush. Ooh, that was a very big, uh, very big talking point. Um, <laughs> in uh, Kirk Herbstreet, he was uh, he was getting a little bit of criticism, I would say, for his uh, old man yells at cloud rants on College Game Day, and people yeah, but just the, kept... the Gary Parishes of the world are just as annoying. And then uh, who who was the other guy? Gosh, what was his name? Uh, Richard. Dice, I believe. Oh, I think yeah. It, I think yeah, it was it. He was like, I, I want all the players before the national championship game to protest and say, you know what? We don't do this just for the love of the oh, game. Gosh. Equally annoying on both. Rash, you know who makes the best decision on who they should, if they should play in a bowl game or not? Uh, each individual. Athlete. <laughs> yeah, and their friends and family and their teams. That's who makes them. But at Ooh. the end of the day, it's still an individual decision. Uh, it's not any dorky white sports writer sitting in their basement saying, what a travesty. This is why you shouldn't be tricked into playing in these bowl games. And then the other folks saying, yeah, you're wrong. He he has to put on the helmet. That's what it's all about. No, it's just what they want to do. And I generally lean towards I like it when the players play in the bowl game, but I'm certainly yeah. not going to get offended when they don't, you know? It's it's weird. Um, hey, it's, it's okay that hey, you might want to opt out to get ready for your pro career. And it's also cool if you want to play in the bowl game. Um, Even I, if it's, quote-unquote, a meaningless game. You know, it's not meaningless to people that are playing in it. It's not meaningless when you see all the smiles and the hugs and even some tears after a game. That's not meaningless, sports writers. That means something. These are memories. People will hold on to these forever. For some folks, as sad as it may be, it may be the best memories of their life. It may be... The top, the enchilada, having all week to just get spoiled with gifts, be in Orlando, get to go to different places and see different things. It's cool. And maybe if it's not the highlight of their lives or the best memories they're going to make, and hopefully it won't be, it's maybe the coolest thing they've done up to this point for some of them. Now, again, if you've been a Kentucky football player for a few years now, you're familiar with the bowl. But for some of the freshmen and stuff, it's a cool experience. I, I And I love that all that arguing, Roush, eventually just came down to a sprained ankle. Yeah, and uh, the, you know, the, the Mac like everybody Corral, was... it re it really got folks fired up. My favorite was when Danny Cannell was like, "Let's just not rush to conclusions. Let's 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 save the hot takes for later." Right now, it his health is what matters most. And then within 15 minutes, he had some. Should Tua have opted out of the Mississippi State game? He had already blah 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 blah. And uh, somebody called him Panhandle Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> Man, oh, oh that's, uh, that's, that's, that's that's one of the best insults you could ever throw around. Yeah, and that was another kind of gross thing about it was like the people that had the hot takes about not playing in bowl games. You just kind of felt like they were hoping for it to be something serious, where it did look bad. Uh, the people talking about like knee stuff, it very clearly looked to be an ankle injury when it happened. Um, and then you get the visuals of him being carted off and stuff, and I understand why that's scary. But it, it certainly felt like some of those people were anticipating a 
career, potentially career-altering injury, when in reality, draft stock won't be impacted in the slightest. In Luckily, one it, iota. it's the same with Tower Winterbaum, too. His was just an ankle as well. I know he yeah. went down late in that Citrus Bowl. Um, but the All-American Center, first-run draft pick, he, is, uh, he should be okay uh, for draft time. That's good. That's good. We're going to talk a lot about this bowl win for the Cats. Uh, it was a fun basketball Friday, not Saturday, Friday with Tubby Smith. We'll talk about that. Justin, how was your New Year's? Uh, it was New Year's was good. My weekend was pretty awful, but New Year's was good. Why was your weekend awful? Uh, the Hoosiers suck. Ruined my whole weekend. <laughs> why, why I consistently let myself get hyped up and think that we have a chance every year, I have no idea. But uh, another year, another... A pretty awful Indiana basketball team. So it was, it was a rough weekend. Uh, just they piled it on at the end, and not good. Did they lose their bowl game? Uh, we didn't play a bowl game, thank oh, God. But if we okay. if we had, we would have lost. Yes. Okay. No, they, they, don't, uh, they don't invite they three win teams to bowl games. No, not two win teams. By the way, oh. get, it, get it right. <laughs> uh, no, Nick, we uh, we lost to Penn State yesterday in basketball. Penn State. At Penn State, though, it, 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 the, I don't the, care where it was. It's Penn State. You shouldn't have lost to Penn State. I agree with you, and you're right to be frustrated. But it did remind me a little bit of Kentucky's loss to to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's better than Penn State, but Penn State hadn't played basketball since December 11th. They had paused. Yeah, they'd they been beat on pause. Us. They'd been a pause since December 11th. Ooh. Almost hadn't played for a month. They come out and they beat an Indiana team that had you know some momentum. Fans are excited. Uh, there was a good contingency of IU fans in at the Penn State game and they and they came up short so folks like Justin you would think though you are used to the heartbreak I am to a certain extent but I don't know that I could ever get used to the heartbreak of losing to Penn State I I don't know if that's something that you can come around to because it's it's borderline unacceptable I think you bought back in and you feel a little I did oh I did absolutely I did that's okay. That's what sports are for. You're supposed you're you're meant to get hurt. Uh, I think IU will be all right. Road games they happen. They have terrible. They have, sometimes it just sometimes it just happens. Hey, but, but hey, uh, I did a I did have a pretty decent uh, money spending weekend though. I got a new car and a new bed this weekend. What? Wow. Whoa! Is it all wow. some upgrades? Got some upgrades. No, no. Is, like, are you are you still sleeping on milk crates, or do you have an actual oh, like box spring there will be, bed frame? There will be a frame coming with it. Come wow! On. Oh my! You're, no more floor. TJ, I'm so proud. Our, our, our little guys growing up. What if I told you, Justin? I use lost to Penn State ten times since 2008. I would say I believe you. That's why I'm. <laughs> that's why I'm frustrated. That's a lot of losses. Never lose to That's a lot of losses to yeah. Penn State. You all still have the better record in that stretch for what it's I worth. Would hope. I mean, not that yeah, not that, that should make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. But Tim because I was like, I feel like I've seen Penn State beat IU a couple of times yeah. in the last several years. It's it's 10 in the last uh, now, I guess 14. So I uh, still still not averaging a loss per year though. So you got that go for you. Yeah. Great. Woohoo. <laughs> in 1993, you all beat Penn State 105 to 57. Lovely. I was four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shouldn't laugh at you. I'm glad that you got a new mattress and your your 2022 is shaping up and turning around. Roush, did you have a happy New Year's? Did you? You had an early morning the next day, so that's always a tricky 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, They had a media party for media folks, naturally, that uh, was an open bar. So, naturally, I told myself beforehand, Nick, take it easy. Don't start doing random shots of random alcohol. And what do I do? Take random shots uh, of random alcohol. So, it was a little bit rough, but I did turn in as soon as the ball dropped. So, at least I got some rest. But that was a... it was an early morning. It was an early morning on New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Imagine maybe some cornbread hemp uh, helped you out. Yeah, that and uh, the Florida heat, sweating it out, was very beneficial. Yeah. The bus ride over to the stadium, that was tough. So was it re- like 100 degrees out on the field? Yeah. it. Uh, the, I think the heat index was worse. Um, but, yeah, it was it – was, and down on the field, too, like if you were up in the stands, I don't think folks in the stands had it all that bad because of the breeze coming off of there's like a big lake right over there. Um, but, yeah, it was it was tough. It was very tough down on the field. Uh, toasty. You could tell by the end of the game, too, players were starting to cramp up and whatnot. It was uh, it was bad. It, it was They weren't used to playing in that kind of heat. I'm all for – Heading down south, getting some nice weather in the winter, watching the cats play. But that, that, I'd rather it be like 50 or 40 than it'd be 110 heat index. I'm out on that. I know Florida heat's a little different than Kentucky heat, but still. As they say, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. (laughs) Oh, that was odd. Just what a fun weekend. That just, that, that really, uh, that really was a great time getting to honor Tubby on Friday. And then watching Kentucky play well again, the basketball team has certainly turned a corner and now put together four straight blowout wins, two against solid teams, uh, two against cupcakes. For Well, I guess you could consider Missouri. Yeah, Missouri's a cupcake. They're not a very good basketball team. Uh, but gets tougher tomorrow. They head down to Baru where they will take on LSU and the Tigers. Uh, that's a big SEC game. Could have some implications in the standings later in the season, although it's only January. And then – the football cats get a, a big bowl win, riding high, a lot of positive momentum. Uh, talking about the game, Wandale Robinson, your MVP, Roush. I don't think anybody could have an issue with that. No, no, he uh, just every time you think he can't do more awesome things, he does more awesome things. Just so good, especially in that situation where you don't even have a Josh Ali to act as like a you know significant second threat. I know Kentucky. They passed their tight ends three times in that first series, and I don't think they caught another pass after that. Uh, Levis was 6 of 6 on that opening drive. That was an impressive opening drive, but they got away from it. Um, Iowa, you know, some of it's got to credit them and their defense for making adjustments uh, and really getting after Levis, but Wondell was really a one-man wrecking crew. He had 170 receiving yards. Kentucky only passed for 233. So he had the lion's share, uh, 10 receptions on 13 targets, setting the new single season receiving yards record in addition to the receptions record he held prior. Uh, TJ, there was a moment about, it was probably entering the last four or five weeks of the season. It was probably around the bye week where I did a a record watch. You know, here's a few that could be broken down the stretch. And... Wandale's, I didn't even calculate the receiving one because I was like, there's just no way he's going to be able to make it. But that dude has been on a tear the last month of the season. 
cap it off with 170 yards and pretty much every all of the yards on that final possession. Chris Rodriguez got the touchdown to punch it in, but Wandell had every other single play to get them down to it, including a big catch and taking a lick on third down. Uh, he had another nice screen to set it up, and then the the big 50-yard game, which is that, that's going to be one of the plays that uh, we're going to remember forever. Yeah, that, that was – it was like almost kind of surreal with it happening, just the fact that Kentucky's offense had struggled that entire half, and then when it mattered the absolute most, here's Wandell wide open, and all Levis had to do was just get it over this DB. But And that play is going to be remembered forever, but I am always going to go back to Wandell's catch before then. That was a bigger play, in my opinion. Uh, I think that it was a tougher catch for Wandell, and if Kentucky doesn't make that play on, I believe, third down, if Wandell drops that, yeah. and third and long, too. I believe it's third and ten. Kentucky had just gotten a sack. Will Levis was a sack far too often. There, You know, I, there's things I didn't like. Seven about times. <laughs> yeah, there's things I didn't like about this game that if Kentucky continues kind of wanting to make these strides as a program, I do think we need to call out and be a little bit more nitpicky on. Like, stop blowing leads in bowl games. Quit. Like, you know, that 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 will cost you a better bowl game and a regular season loss somewhere down the road. Uh, but that catch by Wandell on third down, unbelievable. Just to be able to, one, catch it. I think there's two or three bodies around him. It was a good throw by Levis, too, obviously. Not only to catch it, but then to just get drilled, potentially a targeting, and hold on to the ball. You know that hit, he felt it. He was on the ground for an additional 20 seconds or so. And what does he do? He gets up and he makes the next huge play to basically seal the win for Kentucky. Now, of course, that false start puts a little bit of a damper on it, but then Chris Rodriguez made a big play. So uh, the, the the catch, you'll see that in highlights for the rest of our lives, Roush, and rightfully so. But I think it was the Wandell catch before there that really should get the, the lion's share of the credit. Well, and if we're uh, going to be completely honest with one another – uh, of all of the blown ball leads, if that's the that's the, uh, I don't think it's a little bit of a harsher way to put it because I think this was actually, I guess the belt ball they went down and they needed a score to come back and take retake the lead, but uh, this was the one that I was least confident in because of the way the offense had played and on the drive. Well, hell, it was more about the way the defense had played and just how thin they were on defense. And the way I was running the football, it's like, I don't know if they can get another stop. There was a third and long on this drive prior, and Kentucky had dropped two passes in a row. One of them was going to be really tough with Chauncey Magwood, like fully extending and like spinning around in midair. That was a tough one to hold on to. But the play later, Wandale had a pass. It was a little high. It had a lot of mustard on it. But, I mean, it went right through his hands. It would have been about a 20-yard gain, and that was a third and long play. Whenever that fell incomplete, I was just like, yeah, I get, I mean, if you've got Wandell not catching those passes, we're toast. Uh, I, I, I just I don't know if there's going to be enough time to be able to come back. And, hell, there's almost too much time. Kentucky went down and scored with minute 46 left, enough time that Iowa could have conceivably gone down and kicked a field goal. They probably only needed two more first downs to get their – 
exceptional field goal kicker within range. I believe he was there, the all big 10 kicker. Uh, but Kentucky, when they needed a big play, they got one from the guy who was hurt. Deandre square. Wow. He had his, his Willis Reed moment. The funny part about it is he told why, like, Hey, if you can, you can limit amount of times I'm dropping back. That would be awesome. Cause I'm, can't really move that well. And he said, well, I can't make any promises. Well, of course, the play that he drops back, the, the ball goes right to him, and, and Square is the hero that ends the game with an interception on Spencer Petrus. Yeah, I think the rush on Petrus uh, obviously impacted that throw. And and that's another thing. You are right about the belt bowl against Virginia Tech. It was mostly kind of tit for tat going back and forth in that mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah. Virginia Tech majority had the lead, but Kentucky was always within striking distance. Uh, within one possession with the exception of, I think, a 17-7 to lead, and then Kentucky tied it up 17-7. Had to look that up. But uh, another game, the Gator Bowl last year, another half where Kentucky holds the opponent without uh, a touchdown going into the half, and, you know, the things kind of change there in, in the second half. But, Roush, this one was, I think, a little bit different than some of these other games because there was a point I looked at the defense, and I had to I – had to. I was at a restaurant, so I couldn't pause it. But I wanted to pause it to be like, is there a starter in? And I believe that there was in the secondary. But I don't know if in the front seven, there was a couple plays where I don't know if Kentucky had a normal starter in. Uh, This was, I think, the most depleted Kentucky team going into a bowl game, whether it be COVID or injuries. uh, Of course, you know, the Josh Ali car accident, and you hope that he's doing well and all that good stuff. Uh, But – some bad news Saturday morning regarding who was going to be playing and who wouldn't be playing. Yeah, J.J. Weaver uh, got COVID. I mean, he he went live on Instagram about halfway through the first quarter and was like, man, just woke up from a nap. Like, this, this sucks. <laughs> um, so, hope he gets to feeling better soon. Uh, I know a lot of people are dealing with that right now. Uh, and many are, thankfully, just relegated to taking long naps like Weaver. But... He was out. Uh, Cavassier Smoke was out. Uh, I think the one that affected the game the most that maybe long term, you know, at least now you know what you need, and that was Derek Rosenthal uh, was not playing. Uh, he didn't – I don't know if he had practiced all week. Uh, Stoop said he had uh, an elbow issue. So they were preparing – he said an elbow and then something else popped up uh, but didn't elaborate on that. Um that's been kind of up in the air as to what his future is going to be. And if he does end up leaving, now you know that, hey, uh, I don't know if we can just lean on Kenneth Horsey to kick him out to tackle next year. That might be asking a little bit too much. And if somebody wants to hop in the portal, uh, you're going to you're going to jump on that. Um, I, I think you now know that that need is clear to give Keontae Goodwin some time to develop and, and let Horsey – uh, you know, you, you don't want that to be his full-time role uh, right away. I think most would probably agree with that. With the assumption players will get better in the offseason, but yes, I think most have the similar mindset to you watching that game. But on the flip side, I think on the defensive side, you saw some some guys step up that you can get excited about for future seasons. And yep. uh, Geiger play, gosh, he's fun. He's fun to watch. Yeah, uh, Trayvon Ripka was in on yes. that big uh, third and one stop along with Square. Um, he, he hadn't got a lot of run because Pascal's been so good, but 
that that was a big moment for him. So uh, bright future for him. Uh, but you you were right. There was a point. I think we're on defense. We were we counted four starters in preseason starters. Uh, McCall, like Carrington Valentine, Jordan Wright, and Yusuf Corker. And that was it. The rest were, I mean, Kentucky was down to Martez Thrower. They were basically on their last inside linebacker for two or three series in there. It was crazy. And that's not to say, you know, Iowa didn't have players out or opt out to injuries and stuff like that. But it's still nice knowing that Kentucky's virtual second team can go out there and beat the Big Ten West champion. Pretty good. Pretty sweet. Pretty- uh, really, I mean, it is. And uh, just again, you know, I, I, I generally do this when kind of talking about the state of the program and how happy I am with the the progress Kentucky football has made. I am. Kentucky, the most games they've ever won in a season is 11. That was in 1950. The second most they've ever won in a season, well, if it's not 11, it's 10. They have now done that three times, two in the last four years under Mark Stoops. Crazy. It's incredible. I mean, you 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 are just talking about a new frontier for this program in regards to being consistent, in regards to having depth, in regards to recruiting, in regards to fan support, and most importantly, Roush, in regards to financial support. This is all uncharted water for Kentucky football right now, and I love it. Wouldn't change a thing about it. Yeah, saw uh, Kelly Craft on the sideline. Uh, I was... She was rocking sneakers, like Nike sneakers, with a like long flowing dress, and I was like, "That's a that's a look right there." Like that that that's the sideline. She has experience standing on the sideline if she's gonna rock some sneaks because she knew that she'd be standing up a lot. So shout out to her. Uh, also ran into Greg Sankey. He was down there. I guess he had made his way up from the Orange Bowl the day prior to watch the Cats. Uh, a lot of a lot, a lot of folks did on the field. Um, oh, did you do I, some some shaking and moving? Uh, I, I don't know how much shaking I did. I mean, I was like running around trying to get like, you know, it was the last five minutes. We want to get a good angle. Had Chris Rodriguez running the game-winning score like right at me. That was pretty cool. That's maybe, back-to-back maybe. bowl games with somebody scoring a touchdown right in front of me to win the game. Maybe some shakes uh, from the hangover, if, if nothing else. hey Uh, I do want to remind folks that Case Foundation and Waterproofing guaranteed work with free estimates, which is a pretty big deal with all the rain we got this past weekend. Stop fighting water today. You can call the pros at Case at 502-376-7706. Case Foundation and Waterproofing since 1944. So you know know what they're doing. Keep them in mind. We're going to go to a break. We got a ton of text on the Thornton's text line from this past weekend, which are always fun. We love in-game texts. Those are always fun to reread when we get back on the air the following day or whenever that may be. And then we got a lot more to talk about. We still got to talk basketball. I've got a million more things to say about that Citrus Bowl win. And then we had a really wacky and wild, just all-around sports weekend, especially in the NFL yesterday, one of the wilder Sundays I can remember. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Police. No, ma'am. We're Kentucky Roll Call. We're on a mission from God. Come on. 
Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh. The best way to get in touch with the show is the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Thornton's, it's delicious and nutritious and no better way to start your 2022 with a donut and some coffee. Today is one of the worst Mondays of the year. I think most mm-hmm. can agree. We're lucky that we had such a great sports weekend that we're not going to let it really impact us too much. But you you may not be in the same boat. So pop by Thornton's, get yourself some coffee, get your new year, your new work year started off on the right foot. Thornton's, it's great. Yeah, um, man, the, uh, the ride home yesterday certainly felt like it. it was getting towards the home stretch and had to drive through a snowstorm in most of the state of Tennessee. Not fun, not fun. But hey, we powered on through. That doesn't sound fun. I I can confirm that doesn't sound fun. I know parts of eastern Kentucky and southern Kentucky, they got some snow last night, Roush. They woke up to snow on the ground. Not us here near the Ohio, though. Oh, it was funny. When I actually parked at home, I got in probably around midnight last night, and the front of my car was, like, caked up with snow from, you know, it just nailed it, like 50, 60 miles an hour. But the good thing is, though, snow, snow, not bad. Uh, Freezing rain, that's bad. Yeah, um, and not, the and, and the ground was really warm because it's been like sixty for you know weeks mm-hmm. essentially. So it wasn't too bad. It wasn't wasn't too bad at all. Just a long day in the car. Well, glad you you made it home safely, and uh, I know everybody appreciated all the coverage you had down there. And shout out to KRC regular guest Adam Luckett having a baby. Yeah, he did it. That's very exciting. Congrats to Luckett and his wife. Uh, they made that announcement over the weekend, and I can't help but say that Justin did call this. Yeah, you said he didn't have kids. The hell? Well, he technically <laughs> didn't when I said that. He did. It was in the belly. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, man. This was news to me. I don't have updates on Luckett's wife's pregnancy status at the ready. That's not something well, I do. You should have, you I, TJ. Justin, I would have taken this as a time to pump your chest instead of trying to punch down on others. I I just couldn't believe when you told me on Friday that he doesn't have kids. Adam Luckett definitely seems like a dad. <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know what I mean by that, but he definitely seems like a dad. Oh well, congrats <laughs> to the, congr- I, I'm not sure what you mean by that, but uh, <laughs> we'll move past it. And congrats to him. Very exciting stuff. But it was great coverage from a lot of UK media folks, including our favorites and. Uh, all around fun bowl win for the cats and uh, didn't love seeing the offense kind of take off most of the second half Roush, but boy hats off to will levis dude was just getting punished and yeah. still made a lot of really nice big throws big plays when he had to man and you you mentioned that sack that he took earlier on second down to make it third and 10 and that that was one of those you don't feel it quite as much until you're standing next to him. And it, I mean, it happens quick. And the, the twists and stunts, they were just working because, as even though Horsey, I think he really only got beat once hard on a just outside speed rush. And that was that first sack. Uh, Austin Dodson's a different story. The guy who has to replace Horsey at guard uh, when he moves in there. Dotson, great run blocker. He learned it from the best, Philip Haywood down at Belfry running the ball down people's throats. You don't do a whole lot of pass blocking down there. Uh, and 
as much as he and as long as he's been at Kentucky, he still has not improved that pass blocking. He got beat maybe three times on those twists where he just couldn't get his hands on people. And I thought that was ultimately going to cost Kentucky the game because you can overcome, you know, at least Will Levis and this offense are good enough to convert third and longs now. But like, you still don't want to be living in that every single time. You can only have that play on third and 26 where Levis is throwing just a beautiful pass down the middle of the field and Wando Robinson is stretching out to get 34 yards uh, and pick up that first down. You can only tempt fate and luck so much. And I, I thought it was ultimately going to cost him right down to the last drive, but credit to Levis and, and Robinson for, for, for not giving up. That's been the mindset of this team all season. Uh, not that there hasn't been a bad game or two, but you can never really question their fight, their hustle, their energy, you know, all the cliche terms that you use. But at the end of the day, that that's just another notch in the old belt of the Mark Stoops culture, right? That these guys – that's another thing. Like, you've seen a lot of blowouts in these bowl games. I had no doubt in my mind that Kentucky wasn't going to come ready to go on on saturday not to say that they couldn't have lost and with the way iowa responded they had they kentucky had chances to lose but you just you, you gotta love knowing going into each and every kentucky football game roush that you're gonna have a competitive team that is gonna punch the other team in the mouth doesn't always go the way that we want we are not immune to heartbreaking defeats we've seen those from time to time it's nice just to be able to be late in the fourth quarter and think, you know what, I think we've got a chance maybe to win this bad boy. And more times than not, it seems like Stoops has come out uh, ahead and winning these games. And like I said, just the momentum of being able to win this ball game. Yeah. Carried over uh, into getting maybe a few more transfers. Uh, there's a couple recruits that they're still interested in for the second signing period. And then before you know it, Roush, we'll blink and it'll be spring ball. Yeah, 35 weeks. 35 weeks till football season starts, so. Uh, it'll be here before you know it. The the team, the coaches, uh, I asked a lot of the, the seniors on the field how they're going to celebrate. Just taking a nap. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I would imagine so. so. I would uh, be like, for the next two weeks, I'm not even working. I'm not even moving. Yeah. I'm eating unhealthy and I'm not working out. Oh, I would be eating all of the junk food and just taking naps, sleeping in. Because you know what? They, they've earned it. Um, the square said it after the game. He's like, you know, I got plenty of time to rest. I'll rest up later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, when when do you, when does Kentucky normally start spring? Is that in February, late February or early March? Spring practice? Yeah. It's uh, mid to late March. They'll do their weightlifting okay. program in February, usually gotcha. around the Super Bowl. So yeah. um, I know Super Bowl, that's changed up now. It's a week later now. But uh, yeah, it, it'll they'll, they'll do about six weeks of lifting before they get into their six weeks of football practices or five weeks of spring football practices. Then it's it's cool that you've got so many Kentucky fans that are just counting down the days till that. It, it's like the the baseball nerds with pitchers and catchers, but now you got a bunch of football dorks that are counting down the days till the spring. Uh, they're going to be anxious to see weight changes and all that good stuff and. Uh, I'm I'm right there with them, and, and and shout out to all the UK fans that made the trip. It looked like yeah. a good showing. I know they said over fifty thousand fans total. Looked like a good split between UK and Iowa fans. And uh, I would give UK an upper hand 
That's it what wasn't, I heard. I heard it, it wasn't like maybe significant, but it 55, was 45, 60, 40. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there, but UK I'm definitely had more in the upper deck and the end zones bled over a little bit further. So, um, UK fans, they showed up big. They showed up big. And I know, I know at least one of my friends, he drove down after work on Friday, spent the, you know, 14 and a half hours in a car, watched the game, stayed the night, woke up early and drove the 14 and a half hour back. And he was like, Whew. I didn't know if it would be worth it. But it was definitely worth it. <laughs> that win, that game, that was so much fun uh, to be there, to 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 watch it all unfold. Because man, they do have a, a flair for the dramatic, and for that defense, I you know, it, you you can't really mention enough the resiliency of this team, of this program. Where you know, years and years ago, Kentucky loses those games, and to be able to win close games, that's a testament to good coaching. That That's good coaching. There, there's no other way around it. Um, and that's why I love to, to bust Scott Frost because it's like, you know, that he loses all these one-score games because his team isn't disciplined enough to close down the stretch. And uh, Mark Stoops, he has instilled that in his team, in this program. And it's not going away. It's not going away anytime soon. Well, not only would UK not win games like Saturday, they wouldn't even be playing in them. I mean, for the longest time, Roush, the best bowl game Kentucky had gone to in our lifetime was the Outback Bowl. And that was the, that held the record as best bowl game Kentucky's been to in our lifetime for far too long. And while the Citrus Bowl is not where Mark Stoops wants the end of the road to be for this UK football program, it's it's our expectations as, as elevated as well. Not only would UK find ways to lose those games, they, they just wouldn't even be playing in that big of a bowl game. New Year's Day, ABC, um, all the eyeballs on you. And then, of course, the commentator says Robinson on Chris Rodriguez's final oh, touchdown. I felt so bad for him. And like, Robinson! 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 You almost can't blame him, too, because he made every play up to that point. But they're a lot different size. Well, and they're just different positions. Like yeah. it was, a hand, you know, like it was a handoff. Yeah, he hadn't handed it off to Wandell. <laughs> this isn't Nebraska. Oh, and by the way, when previewing Wandell's season, nobody thought that he was going to break every record and all that good stuff. No. I did think that just seeing him in Nebraska, Kentucky was going to hand the ball off to him a little bit more. Uh, turns out Nebraska is just a bunch of idiots. Dumb. dumb. <laughs> really, what are they thinking? His idiots. stats in Nebraska versus one year UK going against significantly better defenses. Jeez, oh, Pete. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I hope you all are all just joining with me in my Scott Fraud hatred. Scott Fraud. Yeah, oh, Scott Fraud hatred. What a, what, a fraud. What, what a joke. And then I love, uh, I, I'm sure he's a great person, but I did love Wandell kind of getting the last laugh on Riley Moss there. Oh, gosh. It was so perfect that it happened against him. So perfect. <laughs> that guy, who was the guy he made miss? I think it was Moss, right? Was that Moss who you made miss? The guy looked a little bigger than I thought Moss was. But Moss my was goodness, the one what? he did like the chicken wing step over. Yeah. yeah. Or no, yeah, no, that's yes, correct. But the he juked some guy. Yeah, he like juked a, somebody a, else. Almost looked like he was like gonna do like a fake dive, like he was falling over, and then the guy went down as like, okay, well, as long as I touch him, he's gonna fall down. He's already stumbling. And then he regathered his feet and just sidestepped him like it was nothing. Yeah, and then uh Rasan Lewis just Oh, blows yeah. a dude back like 10 yards that was which whew. gives kentucky an extra 10 yards there i mean yeah. 
he's getting tackled probably at the 15, if not for that block, which I still would hope Kentucky would score from the 15. With, but then again, Roush, how many times they, do we see him in the first half yeah. have to settle for those field goals, which was frustrating? Yeah, they, um, and that was really where the game, I think, could have been lost. Was that Kentucky all year? I mean, they were fourth in red zone score touchdown scoring percentage entering this game, fourth in the nation. And you had two opportunities. One point, you're down at the two-yard line. You can't punch it in. you got to settle for three. Um, and you, you've got that pick six right before half. You think you, you punch that one in, you, you open the second half with the ball. If you can go in and score that one too, then boom, gravy train. Yeah. You know? uh, I was not going to be able to come back from that deficit, but Kentucky struggled. Some of it you got to credit to them. And Stoops even said it after the game, you know, and sometimes I don't, I'm still like, okay, Mark, you still could have just given him the damn ball. But a lot of those short yardage plays, they let it be a read for Will Levis, where it's like, okay, um, read this defensive end and whoever he plays, you either take it and go or you give it to Chris. And they were just making, they were doing everything they could to take Chris away to the point that on the last play, um, uh, Chris wasn't supposed to get the ball. He sure he shouldn't have the way that the defensive guy played it. But um Chris even said too, he's like, I wasn't giving that ball up. <laughs> I was taking it from him. And he did. He snatched it right out of his hands, run uh makes the guy miss, kind of gives him a shoulder, throws off the defender, and then rumbles and stumbles into the end zone to clinch the game winning touchdown. I, I think it's one of my it, this is total hyperbole, but it's such a great sports feeling seeing Rodriguez get a head full of steam and a line to cross, whether it be a first down line or a goal line, because you just know he's going to like no matter where the contact's going to be. He's going to find a way if he if he can start running downhill, he's going to get to that line. And you can almost see where he gets by that first guy and then recognizes where the goal line is. And he was getting in like there was just no way he wasn't going to, to muscle his way through. And I saw a bunch of Iowa fans after the game really giving a lot of credit to Rodriguez and yards after contact, really tough runner. Kentucky's got an identity of that, Roush, between now Benny Snell and and Chris Rodriguez. I think fans moving forward are going to expect, okay, it's nice to have some speed. you got to have pass catchers. And Chris Rodriguez had a reception for a touchdown, which was nice. But you got to have somebody that can just kind of run through the middle, three, four yards, cloud of dust if that's what it needs to be, or – you know what? You're on the five yard line. You got to go get a touchdown. And find a way to just power your way in. You got to make sure you're you're going to have consistent bruiser backs. And hell, maybe Rodriguez comes back next year, and th- there you don't have to worry about replacing him because he's back. But that's going to be an identity of Kentucky football. That I think if Kentucky go, you know, in five years down the road, if they don't, if they only have kind of quick scat backs. Uh, fans will miss that. That's kind of an identity of Kentucky football to have tough runners that are able to to find the goal line or the first down marker when they have to, when push comes to shove. And that's exactly what C-Rod did. Cats win. A lot of fun. And after not a great bowl season for the SEC, had a pretty good weekend, Roush. Yeah, not too shabby. Um, obviously, the Matt Corral injury kind of put a damper on that game. But the rest, I think Kentucky cleaned up elsewhere. Arkansas, they beat the snot out of uh, Penn State. And I mean, like, if you just look at that, the teams that finished second and third in their respective divisions uh, beat third and fourth in the Big Ten 
uh, on Saturday. So suck at Big Ten, losers. Yeah, and Roush, I, I will say you got nervous about Georgia. Shame on you. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I still won money betting them. So boom, that's good. I'm glad. But also, I uh, took the uh, under whatever the Michigan team total was. It was like seventeen and a half. I think they had what three. <laughs> What, what? Yeah, yeah, I think you are right. Yeah, they, they might have scored one late, but it didn't matter, you know. Oh, gosh. Mailman, he's back. <sighs> Text into the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. We're going to read a few of these, and we'll we'll talk basketball to start hour number two. Um, and we won't spend as, as probably as much time, but we, we do want to talk about the tubby game there. A texture says, FYI, nothing you all have done has gotten rid of the notification sound. It's a nice wrinkle to the show. Yeah. Makes oh, it's done now. Whoa. Wow, Justin, you did it. I figured it out. I know I figured it out on Friday. So we're we're good. No more no more notification sounds. Woo. Except for when our meat's running low. <laughs> and there's That's nothing true. we can do about that. Yeah, there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Texan in Thornton sex on five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Tubby laughing at Mike Davis while freaked out in Freedom Hall will always be one of my favorites. Yeah, I think there was like a moment <laughs> where he was like, "All right, this is kind of entertaining, but I need to get back to coaching my team." But then as the antics went on, Tubby just couldn't help himself. I mean, you couldn't. It was objectively hilarious. <laughs> How cool! You know, I said we'd do it top hour, but whatever. We're already into it. How cool was it seeing him in Rupp Arena on Friday? It was cool, and it was great too. After the game, he said, "Go kick the Hawkeyes ass." Yeah, um, it just—it almost felt like no time had passed at all, you know. To, uh, Tom Leach—that was how he ended the pep rally. Was uh, down at the Citrus Bowl. Said Toby Smith, you know, he was talking to fans after the game with John Calipari, and he—he he said, "Time to go out and kick Iowa's ass," and you know, got a real loud crowd pop from that from the fans down there. I—I I think I enjoyed hearing tubby like interact with people and watch him take pictures with fans as much as anything uh game aside and all of that and the ceremony side like him busting larry vaught up for his crazy hair Larry, you got wiggle going over there and like i just I, tubby is just he's he's great he's hilarious uh I, i've never heard anybody who's had a personal interaction with him say a bad thing about him he's just the nicest guy ever yeah. That that was kind of the that's what I was saying when we ended the show on Friday. You were gone, Roush, but it's just uh, regardless of X and O's on coaching, there's a reason so many people have so many nice tubby things to to say, tubby stories, whatever it may be. It's because he is a great dude. He's a great dude. It was awesome seeing Donna be the Y as well. Weird seeing her in purple, but uh, obviously supporting the hubby's team and alma mater. But that it just it. That felt good. That felt like a nice Kentucky basketball moment. There's been too many crappy ones over the last year and a half. That was a nice Kentucky mm -hmm. basketball moment. That was fun. Cool to see him. Cool to see him coaching. Cool to see Saul Smith, the family, everybody. Uh, just kind of felt right, you know? Man, Saul's looking more and more like his pop pop. It, yeah, he is. He's turning into pop pop. And, you know, that's the that's what Kentucky basketball should do. Things don't always end perfectly between coaches. And but Tubby was here for a long time, ran a clean program. Things were good. Uh, they were winning, not winning championships. Obviously, that's where the divide was. But he did things the right way, Roush. And 
Uh, happy to see him honored. What was with them putting 98 on his first year? Shouldn't it be 97? Kind of bothered me. On the banner, it says 97. No, it said 98. It said 98. Why would it say that? I... I mean, that was his first completed season, but you never do. Like, the season started right. in 97. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was very confused by that. And, uh, and the thing is, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not at Rupp Arena right now. Do other people have, like, is it, is everybody written that way? So, gosh, they, give me a hold up. Here we go. I've got it. You're right. That says 98 in Patino's says 89 let's see what was rick patino's first, first i think 89 season? was his first season that was the end of that so let's see here i got pulled up if I on remember. wikipedia it says 89 to 97 so 89 let's see here yeah 89, 89 yeah yeah so they bottom. messed it up they messed it up yeah how do you mess that up come on that really that that kind of ticks me off a little bit. No, like that's, that's pretty. And like I figured they mess messed up. it up when I saw it. Like that'd be a weird thing to do for everybody, you know? Like not count the first the half first of year. the season that they right. were there. Yeah, like uh, so I was like, you know, maybe they do this for everybody, but it's still kind of weird. Now that it was just a total screw up, makes me even a little bit more frustrated. Maybe they just Six want half. to put in. They really want to emphasize that he won a title in his first season. Yeah, but then I'm going to see that. and Well, I'm not going to see it because I'm going to know. But other folks are going to see it and be like, wow, that 99 team, I think they went to the Elite Eight his first season. <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing, Kentucky? Crap. And, and fix the damn court. Fix it. It's horrible. Tubby had to be embarrassed to see that stupid logo. Gosh. Right. But we, good time. Good times all around. They, 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 they did get something right. They did retire Tubby's jersey. So they did. They 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 did. Uh, they didn't get Even the year. If it was a typo on the jersey. Yeah, sure, uh, but it was a good. It was good Friday. It was a lot of fun. Good way to <laughs> ring in the new year. And the Which, Cats played really well. Roush. That was cool to see. Uh, quickly, I, I had like a who's on first moment with my wife when I was like explaining. Yeah, they're retiring Tubby's jersey. She's like his jersey. So, what number was he? It's like, well, he was there that so many years. And like, well, did he play? No, but it's his jersey. It was it was funny. Oh yeah, well like, there's there no number on it though. No, no, no. Yeah. It's he his coach's number, jersey. He was number UK during his playing days. Oh, um, how about Kellen Grady doing a little Tayshawn Prince impersonation in front of old? Oh Prince man, Stone? that was awesome. Goodness money, Christ. money in the bank, shoddy with your drink. In Fuego, that was fun to see. I told you he's gonna be a streaky shooter, but if he can keep up at any sort of clip that he's been the last couple games then uh, that's going to be a game changer for the way we view this team and this offense. All right, let's go to a break. Hour one is done. I do want to remind folks, though, Case Foundation and Waterproofing, guaranteed work with free estimates. Stop fighting water today. Call the pros at Case 502-376-7706. Case Foundation and Waterproofing. If over the weekend you had any little bit of water, this is the wet season, folks. This is when the Ohio will start to flood. Snow melts into the river, and it's just wet. We get a lot of rain, precip precipitation, and all that good stuff. Call them at 502-376-7706. And that is the pros at Case, Case Foundation, and Waterproofing. We'll be back. Hour two of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next. You ain't nothing but a
Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, 90 FM 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Remember, if you're popping by Thornton's today to get some coffee or donuts or maybe just filling up on gasoline, you're going to want to download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards Refuel app. and Just search for Thornton's on your app, wherever you get your apps. It'll be there. It'll save you money. It'll tell you where the cheapest gas is in town. And each and every cent adds up. There's Thornton's everywhere, so you can save money each and every time you fill up at the pump. And you can send in a text message as well, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. We'll come back. We'll read a lot of those this hour, and we'll have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, Justin, fun first hour. Very fun first hour. Yeah, it's always, I always, I told my roommate all the time, it's always more fun this show when Kentucky wins. That's why watching that bowl game on Saturday, I was like, when it was, what was it, seven, tied at 17, I believe it was. I was like, oh my gosh. Iowa had the ball. I was like, Kentucky has to win this game. A roll call on Monday is not going to be very fun. So, good thing they won. Well, it was never tied at 17. Kentucky was up 13 10. Iowa got their first lead of the game to go up. 17 to 13. And then Roush, I think a lot of people forget they, they almost think Kentucky came back right back and scored. No, they didn't get the ball on their final possession till what? About 2.30 on the clock, three minutes on the clock? Uh something like that. Two I think it was around the three minute mark. Um yeah, Iowa took but, the lead with about 10 minutes left. And it did cross yeah. my mind, Roush. Like, is this gonna be a classic Mark Stoops like nine minute drive where you know, he knows he just needs a touchdown, so let's take our time doing it and then just walk this bad boy off. But, no, the offensive lulls continued. Uh, Will threw that interception, but it was fourth down, so it actually was a nice little 10-yard punt, all things considered. And then that's when the defense really stepped up in a big way. Yeah, yeah, really came to play uh, on with two third-and-one stops. Yeah. Uh, and that was when seemingly everybody – uh, they they were kind of running at will on Kentucky, so you got to give the defense for credit for bucking up. That's kind of what they did all year was step up in those kind of short yardage goal to goal situations. You go back to that Florida game where they had what nine plays inside the ten yard line and couldn't get in, and the defense they held serve. That they, they've been doing that all year. One thing they hadn't been doing this year was forcing turnovers. Um, and as uh, Luckett joked in pregame or after the game, we were on the way back. We also had one of those situations where we got stuck on a bus for like 45 minutes trying to get home because some idiots didn't finish their working time and got left to the stadium, so we had to turn around. It was just that was fun. Wow, uh, who were the goober, who were the goobers that that I'll, made the bus? Oh, uh, you know, some oh, corn fed bumpkins, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa media were pretty nice, though. It was funny. There was uh, one of the – like, media people are pretty much the same everywhere. Like, the, the the stereotypes, you know. You have, like, the the pretty boy TV guys, and then you have, like, the old curmudgeon journalists, you know, who've been writing columns for years. And 
one of the latter was sitting next to us. And so hearing his just takes on the game were hilarious. Uh, like, oh my gosh, that team speed's great. Uh, oh man, Spencer Peters. I, I'm going to defend him here, but Iowa fans, they're going to, they're going to kill me. And you know what? I don't care. Screw them. Screw them. They're all idiots. You know? And it was, it was fun here. And it was like, he was just being hilarious. Uh, but to the original point, Petrus, they were roasting him because he had three picks, but a lot of those were Kentucky making good plays, forcing him to make errant throws. And uh, as Luckett said to me on that long bus ride, I don't think I had Kentucky intercepting three passes on my bingo card. Um, they had six all season going into this game and then had three, uh, including the the game winner that really clinched things uh, with DeAndre Square in the final minute of the game. That was a good time. It was a fun game to watch. The interception at the half, too, I, it was meaningless, but I just thought to him, I was like, yeah, you know what? Put it on his – make him have to think that he's already – you know, that, that he's got another interception. There you go. Uh, let, let him have to kind of marinate with that. So I was all for it. Three interceptions. Defense was depleted but stepped up in really big ways. And all around good time, good good feelings around the U.K. football program. We're going to get back to this Thornton's text line. It's going to take us a lot of places we want to go. Uh, we have so much more we need to talk about on today's show. A texter says, to the folks on 1450 at the noon hour, how much do they pay you good Christians to subvert your country by spreading political propaganda based on hate and lies? You simply cannot deny the hate you spread every time you mention the president or any Democrats that do not support a fascist like Trump. <laughs> oh, man. man, Beers with Spears is getting it. <laughs> Watch out, beers and spears. People are going to start calling you Clay Travis if they don't agree with every little thing that you agree with. I didn't uh, even put it together that it was he's normally on at noon. That's funny. That is funny. Like uh, that. This I've never heard Spears say anything political. Well, but I'm sure it wasn't. I, I bet it was somebody filling in for him. It was. It was Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins when Spears was out. In all likelihood. But that's a. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a. That starts at one when. Oh, so Spears was out. I think he was out on Friday, and they probably played it on Friday. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was during God. the UK oh, game. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, I can see that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> A texter says it's not only you; it's every jerk on the iHeart stations. You are destroying your country oh, with lies and hate. <laughs> <sighs> man, <sighs> oh man, fired up, fired up, TJ. I agree with you in your take on the whole Dan Issel situation. I agree that Cal probably shouldn't have even said anything, but I think people may be pushing off Issel's comment a little too hard. Yes, I think he was being lighthearted, but I definitely think he had a little bit of seriousness to him. Yeah, Either way, it, it, it's just silly. It was just one of those weird things where I, I don't think Dan Issel has actually worked up about any of this stuff, but he did kind of like throw a couple grenades, and then you can't be surprised with what the strap metal kind of does. Um it it was a I was surprised Kentucky acknowledged it like like Roush just said I was surprised they acknowledged it like you said Texer I was surprised by it but um, never a good look to even jokingly be frustrated with free tickets right I mean that's just personal I'm, preference I, I'm never gonna complain about getting any free tickets ever and if I do get free tickets and I have something to complain about them, 
then the burden's probably on me for not buying seats that I would have been happy with. And I, I know he's got good season tickets too. Eh, anyways, whatever. Uh, I think everybody's passed it anyways. Yeah. Texter says, I love seeing the look on Michigan's offense alignment's faces. Georgia setting their ass on the grass every play. They look bewildered. That's called false confidence, a side effect of playing in the Big Ten. Ah, it, it was men versus boys, but Georgia's done that to everybody not named Alabama this year. And Alabama's well, pretty much done it to everybody except a weird game against Texas A&M. Ooh, I think we can still say Kentucky, the team to play Georgia best, not named Alabama. Well, uh, Anthony Dasher, who does the Georgia rival site, and I, I would talk – he's actually been on Big X Sports Radio before, but uh, I would talk to him just the, the rare occasions back then in 2012 and 13 where, like, UK and Georgia football yeah. would have a recruit or there would be a recruit from Georgia, and he would help out, and he was nice. He came by the UK rival site after the, the Citrus Bowl and said, hey, I'm just the Georgia beat writer. I've been, I just got back from Miami covering the Orange Bowl, and – just so you all know, Kentucky, maybe with the exception, you know, Kentucky and Alabama are the best two teams Georgia's played all year. I've covered all these games. I've done all this. I've done all that. Everybody's talking about Michigan's offensive line and run the damn ball. And he said, I can say confidently, Kentucky's offensive line was much better. <sighs> and I, I, I think if you watch Georgia and you watch them consistently this year, and especially that game against Michigan, Kentucky was much better up front. Maybe yeah. Michigan had some better athletes and some other spots, maybe. But I do think Kentucky's better in the trenches when fully healthy. Yeah, yeah. When fully healthy, I think that's an important caveat because, I mean, hell, Kentucky, Kentucky beat Iowa without Josh Pascal and J.J. Weaver. Without their top sacker and interception leader in Weaver and their top tackles for Alaska on that defensive line. That, that obviously is a significant caveat. But you still beat the team that beat the, that won the Big Ten West. Um, and the team that they lost to got it put on them by a Georgia team that you hung in there for a half against. Um, and, you, you know, you uh, were able to score at least 15 points on them or whatever the case may be. You covered the number. I know Michigan didn't get close to doing that. So uh, I, I put it out there. I really just wanted to get some takes, some hot takes going. Um, because definitely Ohio State would have been that would have been a tall task, but I think Kentucky's better than every other team in the Big Ten, and I don't think that's that is hot takey to say. I don't think yeah. it is at all. No, I I agree with that, and not to say Kentucky on any given Saturday couldn't slip up and lose to a couple of different Big Ten teams, and they had to come back to to beat Iowa, although depleted. But and, and Iowa was missing people. You always got to throw that caveat in there as well. But I, I when I saw some Kentucky fans joking like UK, they're the Big Ten West champions, I do have no doubt in my mind that Kentucky could not consistently win that division. Oh, if they, yeah. You know, I don't think there's a division they couldn't win here and there with, obviously, the SEC East has been a hurdle, uh, although close. SEC West would be very tough, uh, obviously. And then Big Ten East is challenging. Yeah. Right. Any other one, I think Kentucky could win. And you'd say, well, ACC Coastal. Yeah, no, they didn't win. Yeah, suck at Clemson. But Clemson, I think, would Clemson probably win more? Yes. Could Kentucky steal the division here and there? Yes. Kentucky's almost stolen the East a couple times. Yeah. Well, and you realize, too, that after the last four years, I think Kentucky will be up to maybe 50 wins in four years. I don't know. 
that's definitely wrong. What? There's there's a number. <laughs> no, they, they they'd be around close to thirty though. I I believe. Uh, uh, the pandemic year doesn't help. That was a nine win season that was shortened down to six or but, five. Or uh, my overall point is that I think in that time Kentucky is third in the SEC and just wins and SEC wins. They're either third or fourth. And you realize that outside of that, those top, let's just call it three teams in the country each year, there's usually a pack of like eight or nine. And Kentucky can consistently be in that. I mean, they have been two out of the last four years. They've been one of the, you know, that second group of the eight, eight next eight best teams in America. And the, just getting over that hurdle, that's, that's the biggest step forward. And I think to get there, it, it comes down to consistency and just not sl- slipping up, you know, to Tennessee and losing a game at home that you should have won. Like, yeah, that, that that's really the the next step is just eliminating all of the the dumb losses and instead of you know having to fly under there, you know. Yeah, you you just you need Kentucky. It's like slowly this evolution of start beating teams maybe you shouldn't and then that turns into find a way to start winning a lot of these 50 50 games and then it's okay you need to not really lose you need to not you need to maybe one slip up a year to a team that you should beat. but if you do anything more than that you're not the program you think you are then to take that next step which the next step roush is the georgias and alabamas of the world that's just the that's the reality of where kentucky football the door that they're knocking on you need to not lose to teams that you're better than Period. Yeah, Alabama, because, I mean, they lost to Texas A&M, but a rare exception. Uh, they're, Alabama and Georgia, they aren't losing to teams that they shouldn't lose to consistently. So that's yeah. the next step, and that includes that Tennessee game, and that includes that road game in Starkville. Kentucky was a better team than Mississippi State, in my opinion. And they went down there, and they never really got Mississippi State out of rhythm, and that was that was the ball game. Um, I mean, in, in if you look at it, Tennessee, do you could, when would you guess Tennessee's last 10 win season is? Mm. Mm. Oh, seven or oh, eight. Yep. Oh, seven was Phil Fulmer's last year. Kentucky's had two of those since then. They've won significantly more football games, but they haven't beaten them consistently. I think it's what, two wins in five years? It's got to be that, better. Yeah, I mean, it's, just got, that, it's got to be better. You've had better. You've had better teams. That's the most, including this year, and that's the frustrating part. Right. Uh, right. Didn't hate seeing them lose a game because of a bad call. Uh, oh there. man, really? Karma's a bitch, isn't it, Vols? That's what you get for being the worst. Loser. Bad calls make people frustrated. That was a bad one in that game against Purdue. Justin, do you have any takes on like? College semifinals are broken. We need to do something. These are the games aren't competitive. This isn't fun. This we this is a travesty. Are you are you one of those folks? I mean, I am one of the folks that would love to see an expanded playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think back to how it was when we were growing up, and it was just all bowls, and you had your national championship bowl, this is by far way better than anything we've had in our lifetimes but should it should it be eight possibly 12 teams yeah absolutely yeah i i want expansion um 
saw some people going the other way with that Roush saying like we should maybe just go back to the BCS. Which uh, I think you, is funny. Yeah. It's it's so dumb. It's a, that I think it was Barrett Sally who actually appreciated his opinions, but this was a really bad one. Uh, go back to the BCS because then it'll make the regular season and the conference championship games that much bigger. I don't I don't understand when people say that. What do you think a quarterfinals on home campuses would be? Yeah, yeah. Barrett. Exactly. Like you don't think that that would be cooler than a regular season finale? And then and if you went back to the BCS, if you remember the old BCS, only two conference championship games would even matter. Yeah. All the other ones yeah. would be completely worthless. Maybe a third one, and they'd have to hope that another team would lose and stuff like that. BCS was a nightmare. This is terrible. The long and short of these takes about the semifinals, they're so lobsided. They knew, they do need to expand and just be, be more fun. I want them to go to 12, but at least eight. Uh, but they will, and they'll get the expansion sooner than later. The thing that people just have a tough time admitting, Nick Saban and Alabama are doing things that we'll never see again, Yeah, have never yeah. happened before, and they're just freaks. They're freaks. They are kind of, in a way, ruining college football. I don't care. They're just better. If, we, if we're so annoyed with it, you got to find ways to beat them. And teams have, but consistently, they're just a, they're a monster. So that's why the semifinals look so silly, is because Alabama's played in – Almost all of them. I think all of them, except for maybe one. The 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 biggest problem in just college football in general that you're never going to get away from is there's usually just two teams that are better. And the problem we had with the BCS is there were a couple years where people could make arguments that there was a third team that could beat the second team if everything went right. So now we have a playoff, and – there's been a few years like that Georgia-Oklahoma semifinal in the Rose Bowl between Baker Mayfield and Jake Fromm and co. a few years back, or the year Ohio State beat Alabama and ended up winning the national championship with Urban Meyer. There are times where that third team can win it all, and the college football playoff has adjusted for that. That it's It's made that correction in college football. That third team can now win it all. But most times, it's just going to be two. And... That's why the expansion, the expanded playoff will be great because, yes, those teams are still going to rise to the top and the best two are probably going to end up facing each other. But there's going to be times where you're going to get some fun upsets from that next group that I kind of alluded to where there's about eight teams that are the next bunch that can kind of that, – that are pretty even with one another and that on a good day can upset one of the big dogs. Um, like you, you know, you've seen Auburn with kick six or Ole Miss back in the day that would, that would be able to upset that Alabama or hell, even Michigan this year, they probably weren't always the third or fourth best team or whatever, but they upset Ohio state and like were able to, to earn their keep there. So mm-hmm. th- that's why I think the, the, the 12 is ultimately what's going to happen in that I mean, Kentucky's going to be in that when it eventually does get there. It's just, all right college university presidents i know you have the most difficult job in america but please please figure this out please yeah. figure this out so we can get a 12 team one because as much as i love the the games they're gonna be a lot more fun when it is a, a 12 team playoff and if saban and alabama if they do this for another 10 years it'll probably be another 10 years of them mostly winning and they're being blowout games but the thing that folks like barrett sally don't understand is that if you have a if you have a 12-team playoff, top four get buys, that uh, – I'd have to think about how the seeding would be broken down. Five would play 12, six would play 11, seven, 10, eight, nine. 
that eight nine game, let's say. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think of who. Let's say Kentucky hosted Wisconsin, and it was a December 11th football game, first round of the college football playoffs. Winner got to travel to Tuscaloosa. That's a blast. I, I don't care if Kentucky goes the next week and loses yeah. by 50 to Alabama. That would be so. That would be so cool, and not just for a Kentucky thing. Any program when they eventually get around to doing this, and places are going to get to host home college football playoff games. Roush, the scenes and the sights and the pageant, it, it will be unlike anything we've seen in college. Jump around, man. Yeah, it'll be a blast. It'll be a blast. And they're going to do that uh, just hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, text around the Thornton's text line, 502414 says, Kentucky over three points first quarter, easy money. Um, did any of you all get Kentucky early enough at minus two and a half? Like I did. I did. I, 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 my first bet <sighs> I made was two and a half, so I won that one. However... I went back on Friday and put more money on three, so I pushed that one. And then I bought seven at plus 170, so I lost that one. The hot hot streak's over. I can tell you that much right now. The hot streak did not join me in 2022. I I did do pretty pretty well getting that minus two and a half, although I gave some of it back going with the over, um, which – Actually had a chance, if not for that late interception, because like I said, that field goal kicker is pretty good. Uh, it would have been at forty going in overtime, and the number was forty-four. So I, I thought the over was in a play, but average Joe better. They they beat Vegas there. That was probably the most common bet was under forty-four and a half in that game, and uh, it ended up coming through in the clutch. So suck it, Vegas. Ooh, Justin, and I really like the over there. And if Kentucky yeah. doesn't settle for stupid freaking field goals, yeah, yeah, we're made in the shade. Yeah, so I lost money on that one, too. A cold streak has started as this weather has gotten colder. Coincidence? Uh, probably not. Probably not. But I, I'm uh, loving the the status of my DraftKings account right now. So shout out to bowl season. Uh, you're going to get me through to March Madness. I'll probably take it easy. Oh, who am I kidding? We're betting NFL playoffs. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. NFL I'm, I'm college, bas- college basketball, too. I'll be all over that as well. Uh, Which, by the really way, has, this, um, really pumped for this LSU game tomorrow. Hey, uh, Scoots, I think we're – are we even now? Our AFC South bet, done. The Titans no, I, won it, I, believe it or not. I owe you 10. Okay, all right. So, that'll be coming your way. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. Should we do a little recap on our uh, on our NFL picks at the beginning of the year? I had should the Steelers late, winning the North. That was pretty dumb. Oh, you, yeah. you two had the Browns. I had the Ooh. Titans. Roush had the Titans. Justin had the Colts. We all had Kansas City in the West. Yeah. Oh, uh, we the all had Bills. Buffalo. We all had Buffalo in the East. I think they they're uh, they have to win next week to win that. Correct. Yes, I believe. So. Wait, Buffalo. Yeah, I believe so. But I think they've got an easy game. Yeah, uh, I'm with you too. Same thing with the Cowboys. They have an easy game. Um, yeah, Justin and I had the Washington football team in the East. Or, or no, Roush and I did. Justin, you I was had about to say what? Hey, chill. Uh, we all had the I Packers. I never taken Washington. We all had the Bucks. How many yeah. interceptions has Aaron Rodgers thrown against the AFC North? Uh, I think you mean the NFC North, but it's probably Sorry. not many against the AFC North either. He swept those bums this year too as well. Uh, just if you're playing in the North, whether it be AFC or NFC, Aaron Rodgers owns you, and that's the thing you're going to have to remember. Last two seasons, I didn't make a Facebook. I don't even make Facebook posts anymore. I didn't make a Facebook post because I didn't want to tweet it. 
34 touchdowns, zero interceptions against the NFC North the last two years. That is just dumb. That's eight, I guess, six games. You play each team twice. Six games, 34 touchdowns. That's unbelievable. I mean, it really is borderline unbelievable. In six games, to maybe maybe it ends up being seven. I don't know. Twelve games. Yeah, six a year times two. Yeah, there you go. Twelve games. That's crazy. Zero interceptions. <laughs> That's crazy. Not a single one. You know, mm. you'd have some coaches be like, "Oh, it means he's not being aggressive enough." But then you watch him throw like three balls, and it's just like the DBs turned around and it ends up in the wide receiver's hands, and he doesn't even know it's in his hands. He's such a freak. I know folks don't like him. It's gonna be weird to see what's gonna happen with the MVP race. It's gonna be awesome to see him destroying the Bengals, Browns, and Ravens next year. Well, oh, yeah, no. can't wait for that. No. It's going to be awesome. going to look good and black Supposedly, and gold. Which, by the way, Justin, we get to say goodbye to our sweet prince tonight. His final game Woo-hoo! at Heinz Field. Uh, Steelers plus – is that number still at three? Last I looked, yeah. Oh, well, couldn't love a bet anymore. Big Ben is an underdog in his final game at Heinz Field. Easy peasy. I – Gosh, we were watching the red zone. We had, poor little Lucy wasn't feeling well yesterday. We had like four hours at the ER, didn't get home till about midnight. But uh, everything's good, but very, very tired. But we were watching before then, we were watching red zone, naturally, seven hours commercial free football. I'm not an idiot. have to have that on. And the wife knew that it was in her Browns' best interest for the Bengals to lose, although I don't know if she totally knew like all the different playoff scenarios and things like that. But we were just watching Red Zone or just kind of doing other stuff. It was on in the background more than anything else. And then we just hear, and with that win, the Browns officially eliminated from the playoffs. And I don't remember what game it was or who right. it was that officially eliminated them. But she, like, looked up and she's like, what? I thought if we beat Pittsburgh, we'd still have a chance if some other teams lost and this and that happened. And I was like, oh, I guess it's pretty much over, huh? Would have been the first time, I think, since 88 or 89 that the Browns had gone to back-to-back playoffs, which mm. is – Kind of sad. I am weirdly kind of happy for my Bengals friends, though, because they're fun. They're really fun to watch. Yeah, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Yeah, uh, no wonder that LSU turns out that was a good pick. Yeah, Chase is so (laughs) fast. It is. He had he had what two hundred and eleven. So his he had stupid stats. Stupid stats on Sunday. He would just outrun NFL secondary people and make them look like they were offensive linemen. I I really haven't seen a lot of things like Chase's just runaway speed in the NFL. So I am happy for some of my Bengals friends. I do think Cincinnati fans, sometimes it's fun to poke fun at them. But I'm going to give them this Cincinnati Bengals one because it's a fun team. And if I'm a Cincy fan, I'm probably dreaming. I'm dreaming maybe you can get to the AFC Championship game. And who knows? Joey Biscuits has a big game. You never know. But the Packers are on a tear. And I can't imagine a scenario where we don't cruise to the Super Bowl. And you're going to play either the Titans or the Bengals. Titans, AFC is going to roll through uh, Nashville. That's All they got to do is beat Houston, that's and weird. they have the bye. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. The, that's the only way the Titans were winning a playoff game this year is if they got the bye. Oh, Mr. Fade the Titans over there. They haven't even had Derrick Henry, God, and they're going to be the Titans. one seed. They they are a well-run program, though. Without Derrick Henry to be in the number one spot for the playoffs, pretty impressive. And A.J. Brown was out for a lot of that, too. Yeah, I think you got to probably, as much as LaFleur has been amazing for Green Bay, and he really has been, I think you got to give Babriel probably coach of the year because the injuries. 
Yeah. And they weren't, it's not like they were like super stacked to begin with, no offense. Right. And then they're gonna but end up being the one seed. Green Crazy. Bay, Matt LaFleur, 39 and 9 as a head coach. Sure you don't want Mike McCarthy? Pretty nuts. Which, by well, the way. By the way, LaFleur's coaching decision, I don't care about his 39 and 9. The kicking the field goal against the Buccaneers is how you're remembered currently. So go go get to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned red zone. I found out that I had a free i could do a free serious xm trial so i was listening to their version of the red zone and man there are some really good and really bad play-by-play people out there uh, the miami dolphins guy i don't know why they pay him money to talk he acts he sounds like he doesn't care to even be there he's so terrible at his job i'm shocked that he gets paid money to talk sports on the radio he's so bad so so bad terrible god awful the the cowboys call they're as big a homers as you want the Cowboys people to be. That was uh, that was funny to hear them complain about the refs because <laughs> like I feel like you're only going to get that uh, from Cowboys radio. Uh, and then shout out to Brent Musburger who is calling all the games for the Raiders since their move to Vegas. And whenever whenever they score, he goes jackpot, and no. it's just perfect. It's That's so true. perfect. Yeah. yeah, I think they're playing the late game next week. I think they're one of the few games where it's like. Winner lose winners in losers out or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and wow. I'm pretty sure they got flexed that way. You know, yeah, they win. always they generally flex the last week of the season. It's just this is the first time it's ever going to be a week 18 regular yeah. season finale. Uh, we need to go to our show's commercial finale. Let's do it. We'll do that right now. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio oh, 96. Wow. 14:50 a.m. We'll be right back. To Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. All people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Here comes the story of Hurricane. The man the authorities came to play for something that he never done. in a prison cell, but one Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 961 FM, 1450A. And remember, Case Foundation and Waterproofing, guaranteed work, free estimates. Stop fighting water today. Call the pros at Case, 502-376-7706, Case Foundation and Waterproofing since 1944. Uh, also, Salsarita is a good place to go on a Monday. Uh, they reached out to me and said, how about a big blue power raid on a big blue Monday? Oh, that's a great idea. Man. I feel like after the success of UK athletics over the last weekend, that I may I may have to indulge in a little salseritas. They've got two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Uh, I may go with just a nice cheesy chicken quesadilla today, and then wash it down with their Fountain Blue Powerade. That if you haven't had, if you're a Powerade fan, you got to have this Fountain Powerade. I'm just telling you, telling you right now. Download the app; it's going to save you some money. They got two locations. Middletown has a drive-through. St. Matthews. Newly renovated as of 2021, no big deal. It's a new year. People forget that. Uh, but we love our friends at Sauceritas, and it's delicious, and I'll be heading there this afternoon. Man, I'm hungry now. Always am after we do this, the, the read, the, the Sauceritas bit. Man. We got a lot of text to get to, and I feel like there's other sports topics we haven't talked about, but the good news is 
Yeah. We'll be doing the show all week, so we'll we can get to that stuff. I I think we get back to the Thornton text line. Uh yeah, let's do it. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. A texter says, "Happy New Year, TJ and Nick." I got my text lines mixed up. Yes, their first text said, "Happy New Year's, Matt." But hey, oh wish God. Happy New Year's to any and everybody. You can't you never never a bad time to be nice. We hope that you have a nice New Year's as well. We appreciate you texting in. A texter says, JK, you spoke the Adam Luckett baby into existence. Whoa. Wow. Who knew that Justin's words could get somebody to have a baby? Did Luckett tip you off, Justin? No. No. Justin. Just call me the angel of God. (laughs) No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to call you that. Or, Or do we just exclusively call you that? I think exclusively sounds better. <laughs> what if the promo was like in Kentucky roll call, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Angel of God? <laughs> <laughs> sounds awesome. Listen to the Angel of God. <laughs> hey, the person that was mad about the Christian values of the station, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Until I say damn again. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just was did. a Tennessee fan. Yeah. What was, was that the word he was mind <laughs> yeah. over? Really mad about it. And the Lord's name in vain. Oh gosh! I was always under the impression the Lord's name in vain was to not like preach a false religion or preach God's teachings that aren't actually His teaching. Not just accidentally saying the word. Just don't curse. That's what I thought. Also, that, that curse words vain. are human constructs. That's true. You know, <laughs> we d- we define what the, what is a bad word and what is not. A word is totally, you know, sticks and stones, if you will. Words will never. Words are literally harmless if you want them to be. The FCC has to shove their morality in our face, but you know what? Maybe we have different morality standards than you, Same. FCC. We're not, we're not bonded by this word captivity that the rest of the world is. Don't hold us down. Exactly, and words won't. They can't. They unless we say a cuss can. word, and then we'll get bleeped, and then yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. A texter says Memphis messed up by firing Tubby and hiring Penny. I understand why they did it, but Tubby would have had Memphis way more competitive in an NCAA tournament team. Penny's best years was Tubby's players, Wiseman. Not DJ Jefferson did anything for the for the Memphis program. A little confused in the last sentence, but I think they mean Wiseman and DJ Jefferson. I think it's DJ Jeffries too, for what it's worth. Um, I, I don't know. The issue with Tubby at Memphis, if I remember correctly, I think he had like three or four players leave. Leaving, yeah, and yeah. They were not. They did not awesome. like his. Uh, yeah, he was a little, Which, a little hard. You know what, Tubby? The Tubby in the Memphis culture, probably not a great fit. I mean, it's really not. I bet Tubby went down there probably looking and act and asking for discipline, and I bet some of the players are like, "Out, no, thank you." And then they bring in Penny and. It doesn't take long to watch a Memphis basketball game and be like, well, these players are not coached well. They're really good. They do have some good players, but they're not coached very well. So, I don't know. Memphis is one of my least favorite programs in the country. The way they handled the Calipari stuff, the the, the way they, ha- they deal with Tubby, uh, they don't know how to treat good people, and that's disappointing. So suck at Memphis and enjoy a terrible season. If you're a Memphis fan too, it's got to be tough because you're like, ooh, we like Penny because he can recruit, 
but what's what's the recruiting matter if we're just as bad as teams that have three and four star players worse actually yeah Here's how that works. Second Memphis. You all are a bunch of losers. Four Um, straight bowl wins, two 10-win seasons, first-round draft picks, and we finished second in the East. Hell of a job by Mark Stoops. I cannot wait for next year. Well, allow me to sound like a broken record again, but, folks, this this is not – there's not some secret sauce here. Recruits and coaches want to play in full stadiums. Get to the Krogue in 2022. Fans did a great job in 2021. Roush, didn't UK's recruiting class end up being one of the best they've ever had? Yeah, the huh. best they've ever had, actually. Weird weird how that works. And then UK football, since they've been selling out Kroger Field here and there, and of course the pandemic didn't help, but uh, pretty good. The last five seasons have been pretty fun, right? Yeah, I would funny say that, so. Funny Not how a that whole works. lot of losses, yeah. The, there, the, there is no secrets, folks. Show up, more money goes into the program. The more money in the program, you can pay offensive and defensive coordinators seven figures, Roush, which you got to do if you want to keep up with the Joneses. And then if you have butts in the seats, you got good atmospheres, you help Kentucky win, you help Kentucky win, more recruits want to play. They want to play in full at, full, uh, full stadiums, good atmospheres, good environments. You just show up. Show up in 2022. I'll be there. Hope a lot of folks will too. Mitch, let us drink, you jerk. It really is the only thing holding back this football program. Yep, just some booze. <laughs> Which I, I didn't get any uh, any reports from the ground, but I do. I did hear some people who were worried going into the game because the last Citrus Bowl, uh, they ran out of beer like halfway through the first half. Yikes! Yeah, uh, apparently I've heard it's not a very good Rand Bowl game. I mean, I, I think it is, but I also like I don't I have a different experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've heard um, the fan experience is uh it's it's strictly in stadium. Like well, and the it's, pregame it's, it's, and everything before they the prep rallies, they talk about how much fun it is. I just hear in game it's a little wonky. Well, the the way the parking set up, um, uh, it's a little bit difficult getting around. There's just like a lot of fences where you expect to just be able to walk. Um, so I know that part's difficult. Uh, I believe the beer thing last time around was they had so much drink at the bowl game prior that they just hadn't prepared accordingly. So hopefully they they got that figured out and folks weren't having to order, you know, double Tito's. What's that U of L game day experience in turn doing running the citrus bowl? Yeah. Must be a U of L grad. Well, people forget he was actually a UK fan. So U of L had to fire him. Losers. A texter says, you got to think if Desmond Ritter had gone to Trinity, Cincinnati would be winning. <laughs> if he had gone to Same Trinity, next, gets the primetime uh, spotlight. Loved a lot, it. Of, lot of shout outs. Good. Good for the program. State champions. No big deal. If Desmond Ritter had gone to Trinity, he'd probably be behind the White Castle on Shelbyville Road with two pop collars and up to no good would be my guess if he had gone to Trinity. So glad that uh, he didn't. And Gosh, who would have thought that the Cincinnati Alabama game would be more competitive than Michigan and Georgia? Gosh, and it was. Michigan. Suck at Michigan. Ritter didn't have a good game. It's Alabama. I mean, and do I wish Cincinnati? Do I think Cincinnati is one of the best four teams in the country? No, I do not. But Alabama does that to a lot of teams, Cincinnati. So you're in good company. Yeah, good company. Getting your brains beat in. Mm-hmm. A lot. It's it's a lot. A lot of company. A lot of people. Not a lot of people have won four straight bowl games, though. 
Zero no. people have won 16 straight non-conference games. So. Justin, what's IU's bowl shriek at after this season? Oh. Uh, he may have stayed on mute. Oh, no. Was that a question for me? My internet was breaking up. Sorry. They don't. They don't oh, I was Indiana just wondering what have I, a bowl streak. Yeah, no, Indiana's bowl streak. Never have. I don't know if they've ever had a bowl streak. For being honest, um, let's see. I'm gonna go back to their their bowl games. So they've at least um, they've been to some. I remember that inside they went bowl to, win. Or they, they went win? to two in a row. Never been to three in a row. Mm. Texture says. Great win. So happy for Square. Awesome to see how much the game meant to him right after the pick. Also to Sales and St. X stink. Go Rocks. was a great win. It really was. 0 9 in bowl games, TJ. You you got that wrong. What? Yeah. Never won a bowl game. Never won a bowl game? Yeah. Indiana? No, they had Tennessee beat that one year. That was 10 10 10 10 win Indiana. 10 no, win they, they didn't do it that year. Actually, I take that back. They did beat Baylor in the Copper Bowl. So, no, 1988, 91. Yeah. Oh, okay. You did beat South Carolina in 88 too. So, wow. My apologies. We Corso won a Holiday Bowl in 79 too. So, you're three and nine. Three that and copper, ten. That Copper Bowl is more of a patina at this point. I was thinking. I was wondering if they actually won the bronze one, but copper, who who needs a bronze ball? That's the thing that makes it turn green. Is that what they call it? Katina? Patina with a P. Oh, like Rick Patina. That actually is preserving <laughs> the copper. Oh, kind of. Oh, yeah, like um, Statue of Liberty. We're back to Statue of Liberty talk. <laughs> Imagine that being copper, though. It'd be cool. Like, like seeing it brown. Looks much better in that. Patina. That Rick Patina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a texter says, Nick, couldn't be more disappointed in you saying you were wondering if Georgia was a fraud on Friday's show. I can understand the Dingus Big Ten butt slapper, but really expected more from you. Speaking of Dingus, a quote from his favorite song, Big Ten, Who's Your Daddy, got answered Saturday. The SEC. Oh, man. Suck it, Scooter. Good. Hey, I'm, a, I'm an Indiana fan. I'm not a Big Ten guy. I don't... I, unlike you all, I'm not a conference butt slapper. I'm a, a my team butt slapper. Yeah, I always love the people that are that like get super offended that people cheer for SEC, uh, just totally missing out on like we don't actually really care. But oh, it was funny. There were some SEC chants uh, towards oh, the yeah. end of the game. It, just, it, 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 triggers, it triggers everybody. <laughs> it just triggers everybody. So you're oh, obviously so going to keep doing it each and every time. My actual affiliation with the SEC, Roush, in terms of like wanting them to do well or whatnot, it's just hard to ignore the domination of the conference. And that's a good thing because if Kentucky can be good in the conference that's dominating everybody, you're a national title contender. I mean, that's just what it means. So if you're in a good conference and you're a good team in a good conference, it means you're doing things right. So, yes, I like to see the SEC do well, although – it. We, you know, we talked about it when you're going to do the SEC chance and you're going to talk about how dominant of a league you are, and they are. The SEC is the best football conference, and it's not even close. But when everybody was kind of like poking their chest out of the poor start for the SEC, Roush, and then the way the SEC just annihilates the Big Ten in the final, you know, in the college football playoff, and then obviously Kentucky beats Iowa and all that, and that good stuff, they were the ones that were kind of talking down to the SEC the most. 
So it's nice that they kind of have to shut up a little bit. And then you'll have some like ACC fans that talk, but the ACC was debatably worse than the AAC this year. So they have no leg to stand on, uh, period. So even though the SEC had an underwhelming bowl season in its entirety, nobody really can say too much about it. Uh, they can take out their seconds. Yep, they really can. Uh, Texter on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. KRC, watch Wandell Robinson get broken in half, get up and catch the biggest reception of the game, Superman. That's what I'm talking about. That catch he had before the big one will mean a lot, will stick with me more, it, just personally. It was a, it, Kentucky had to have it, otherwise it was going to be fourth and ten with the literal game on the line. So that gave UK a little breathing room. And then not only – just how difficult of a catch it was and how punished he got on it, Roush. Yeah, and I, I don't – I don't know if they were at a commercial break or not, but uh, following his big run, he was down on the ground for a little bit trying to catch his breath, and he did the thing where he popped back up, threw his helmet off, and started running around, got the crowd fired up. Yeah, they did. They, we did see that. Uh, he's the man. Like, if mm -hmm. I doubt he comes back for another year, but if he were, favorite UK player, period, no second is probably within shouting distance. That's what's on the line for him. Yeah, I doubt and, uh, but um, we can talk more about that tomorrow. Yeah, because I, I don't know if we're going to get any decisions uh, today. They're probably just taking some time to be off for a little bit, so we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. And you can hear us talk about it on the KRC podcast, which are sponsored by our good friends at Cornbread Hemp. Thirty percent off. You use the promo code Big X at chat at your checkout. The best CD CBD product on the market. It's full spectrum CBD. 25 milligrams to each milligram of THC. Really extra strength. Help help you relax after a busy holiday season. Start your new way year the right way with CBD from our friends at Cornbread Hill. No better way to start the year. A texter on the Thornton text line says, uh, third and two. Oh, this is like the same. This is the same texter. Just kind of send it in a bunch of different oh, thoughts. So they're, I, they're just mad during the game, and I love it. Yeah. They're embarrassing miss tackle, embarrassing miss. Let's see if the if the doom and gloom turns around. Excitement, yeah, yeah. Let's see. This. Yeah, embarrassing miss tackles, embarrassing miss running into the kicker call. Points left on the field. Brutal second half. It wasn't a great second half. I agree with you there. Third and two, and Sierra doesn't get the ball either time. Inexcusable. I actually kind of agree with you on that one. Yeah. No late hit on Wandell on the last drive. Come on. I don't. I, he. I don't think that was a late hit. He tried I think you'd have a better it. case of targeting, but I yeah. don't think. I think it was just a big stick. You know, yeah. just a big yeah. hit. They happen. And Wandell's not the biggest guy either, so you notice that when he gets drilled, right. he got drilled. Uh, hard to overstate how good Wandell is. Probably the best wide receiver we've ever had here. I, I agree with that. I don't oh. think Kentucky's ever had a better wide receiver. The tide's turning on this texture. <laughs> <laughs> Rodriguez was wrapped up for a four-yard loss on that last touchdown. What a player. Okay, getting a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> and then this was their last text. Please don't do that thing tomorrow where you spend the first 15 minutes talking the NFL. <laughs> so we never really got the payoff like, woo, I'm so happy. Yeah, I mean, you could you yes and no. Uh like, oh my god. Individual gosh. praise. Yeah, right, right. But uh <laughs> no overall like I'm a happy guy. A texture says, different texture now. So, mm -hmm. Scooter, any African-American players on the Hoosier women's team? Didn't see any. They came back later and said, okay, there's one. Yeah, There is one. Big win for them yesterday. Beating Maryland Scoot at home. Scoots doesn't see color. Nope. I don't see. I definitely not. Wait, no, we're not supposed to say that now, TJ. Oh, you do yeah. see color. 
Remember in the 2014 season when Shane Bahannon was suspended, but Patino played him against UK, only to lose again, and then kicked Shane off the team. His name's Shane, not Chance, by the way. Uh, and never played him. A wild thing that doesn't get talked about enough. No, people don't talk about it that much. I do think uh, he had like I think he did something stupid too. But I, people yeah. do forget that that Patino wanting to beat Cal at UK. I miss those days. He'd take so that funny. game so seriously. He'd get so worked up. He'd flip off fans. I like Rick Patino. You know, I'm, I'm I'm over all that stuff. But he would just get in his own head and not be able to get out of it for those rivalry games. Almost as uh, almost as funny as Antonio Brown. Just you know. Throwing his jersey Man. in the stands. He, Shane Mahanen did not throw his jersey in the stands. Like, on the one hand, in my opinion, I think he's clearly got a lot of stuff going on in his head that either isn't getting the right help or isn't getting the right attention. But, my goodness gracious, this dude gets the Willy Wonka golden ticket of life and just seems to try to want to squander it each and every time. Sad. It's really it's kind of sad. Man, Raleigh Moss really just ate it. Trying to tackle Wanda Robinson. So funny. <laughs> oh, man. Really happy we get to talk about this for for the next few days, the weeks to come, to revel more in this wonderful Kentucky football season. We'll have to do some – put a bow on it with some year in reviews, but we got to finish this text on first. Uh, Texter says, it just hurts to see Indiana struggle against a team that doesn't have as many fans as attendance as we have on Friday nights at a high school game <laughs> here in this state. Our team has so much more support. Oh, gosh. Penn State didn't have as many fans as you all have for tennis matches in this state. <laughs> it was pathetic. There's like six people there, and we couldn't win. Oh, Happy freaking New Year to you gentlemen. Cheers to a fresh start 2022 and everyone striving towards their personal goals. Now the golden question, does Justin get engaged by age 38? <laughs> yes. That's oh, wow. years. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I'd venture sure. to say yes to, yeah. Yeah, yeah finally. I think it'll be sooner around. than I think 2022 is going to be a big year for JK47. Here's no scooter accidents. Shooting your yeah. shot, TJ. Uh, happy, or, uh, TJ, if you were Antonio Brown's father, would you disown him as your child? Absolutely not. Nope. No child should ever disown their parents, and no parents should ever disown their child. Yeah. Everybody's redeemable. What are your old New Year's resolution? Oh, God. Dad starts not today. Yeah. I get How's, everybody, I get extra days. How's everybody sober January going? Huh. Oh, there were there were, there were beers good. after New Year's Eve, yeah, or New Year's Day after the win, yeah. Had some beers, had a little bourbon. Won't do sober. It'll get down to uh, it'll get down to two days a week. Go back on the fasting thing, but not starting that yet. Man, I miss beer. I <laughs> uh, must be my internet breaking up because you all are both breaking up. So, uh, Rash, read the text line. Has Kentucky football set the standard that if we win anything lower than eight games moving forward, is the season considered to be a disappointment? In my opinion, it's time we start getting into the New Year's Six Bowls to take that next step. The four has definitely been raised, folks. There's no doubt about it. Now, getting to that consistent New Year's Six, that's tough, but it's definitely doable. And when you got a quarterback coming back like Will Levis, um, there's a lot on the table next year. A lot on the table next year. All right, I tried to reconnect. Hopefully it's a little better. Big win for the Cats, but I don't think we have discussed Nick's shoe-sock combination of the catwalk enough. Yeah, uh, I did the I, I did the all-black shin splitters with the Asics instead of the kind of casual loafer. Needed the needed the comfort to be running around, you know. Needed the uh, needed the tennis shoes. Didn't see it. I'm sure it was goofy. My Cats won. Bengals won. Won my fantasy championship 2022. Coming up, all Daryl. Just kidding. My name's Matt. 
But on a second note, I don't think I've ever been so excited over a drop pass. Magwood's almost catch was amazing. His midair adjustment to that pass was impressive. That kid's going to be good. Yeah, man, you. Oh, that would have been an awesome catch I, to I, have to like build on for next year. If he had spun just a little bit more and his hands didn't hit the ground first, because that's when like he had it caught, but just yeah, couldn't wrap it up in time uh, before hitting the ground with the ball. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. He, I thought he had it when it when it happened. What's the story in Pelini on the sideline? I realize Youngstown's connection, but is there anything more potential linebackers coach? He, he has actually been on the sideline for a previous bowl game before, maybe multiple. Well, now it's multiple because it's at least two, but maybe it's three. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I doubt they. I think he's just there because he's boys with Stoops. Um, but you know, it's possible that they could hire him. I just wouldn't think that Stoops would generally go that way. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it if they if Stoops decided that was best. You know, obviously yeah. a big name that knows football, and you look at Nebraska now versus when he was there, and ooh. Uh, Wanda was literally kicking up dirt when juking the defender after that last catch. Yeah. Legend, yeah, he's the man. What a guy. John here, good morning to all. Wow, what a great sports weekend. My Chiefs will be okay. Man, the football cats had me running and acting like a crazy man in the house. I wish every game was that much fun. Hey, I feel like the basketball cats are a top five team. What do you guys think? Hey, Justin, thanks to those Nittany lines. I, you can suck it. One and two in the Big Ten. Better pick it up. Well, the baby Big Ten, he calls it. Well, got to go. Talk to you later. Hey, John. Uh, yeah, tough one for your Chiefs. But that was a really, really fun NFL football game yesterday. And yeah, UK. Winning, always good. And uh, I do think UK is a top five basketball team the way they're playing right now. And I think John Calipari thinks that too because he keeps talking about how he wants to play Gonzaga. And I don't think he's doing that if he thinks he's going to get beaten badly. So, Chris Rodriguez is the key to having a very good team opposed to a good team. We don't have a stud running back on the roster, one coming in. Oh, I think Jatan McClain's going to be pretty good. I think he's McClain is really good. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Doesn't have a ton of reps under his belt, similar to Rodriguez. Uh, but if Rodriguez does come back, he's only 1,133 yards away from setting the UK single-season record for oh. or, or career rushing record. He could pass Benny Snell. Doesn't well, take just, a whole lot. Just play him in the UVL game. He's only got to play one. He's yeah. at 1,100 yards? That's yeah. Not, yeah. Easy. Get that by the third quarter. TC from Lexington here, boys. Happy New Year's. When do we start getting nervous about Sharp isn't being on campus? Won't get nervous about it at all, TC. Yep. Not in the slightest. He'll be on campus and not nervous about it at all. It'll happen probably before you even know it. Uh, texter asked, did you see where 7-3 Bull Kerr from Belfry's transferring to Cal? Uh, is UK interested in him? That was from Steve. Don't think they're interested in him, but... Uh, I didn't know that. I, I knew that Belfry had that 7-3. I didn't know he was moving. Didn't know he was moving. They got uh, the George Washington kid, too, that's going to Ohio State. So I guess Cal's going to be pretty good. Oh, my. That's going to be weird to see. Yeah. Like Cal playing for a state champion? Yeah. Come on. They got to get out of the 7th region. Yeah. I know. I know. Did you have a good weekend, Angel of God? <laughs> see, it's catching on already. <laughs> he uh, said that he didn't have a good weekend, right? It was okay. <laughs> it it should have been a lot better. I thought after our full start on first and goal from the one, it was going to come down to a fourth and goal play. I did have some Northwestern like two point conversion flashbacks, but um, I don't know. I didn't love the run call there just because it was a short side of the field, but shows what I know. Chris hey. Rodriguez just bullied everybody, but I was That's confident Kentucky was going to punch it in. I don't know. That whole game, I thought Kentucky was going to win. And I don't think I started getting nervous until maybe that Will Levis interception because then it was basically like, okay, you can't mess up again. Now yeah. everything's kind of got to go your way. And it and did. It did. It did. 
<laughs> it was awesome. This is a heck of a win. Heck of a run by Chris Rodriguez. Historic game by Wandell Robinson. And uh, we're not done talking about it. We're going to talk about it tomorrow and probably the next day and the day after that too, Mr. Sports Talker. Yeah, hey, Angel Guy, don't tell us to wrap it up. It's our show. We'll wrap it up when we want to wrap it up. We're going <laughs> to run out of time. Bye. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll DJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Angel Guy. We'll be back on Tuesday.